G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Uh, Let me explain. Western Australia has two houses of state parliament, the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council. State elections for both houses are now held every four years. The next general state election is scheduled on the 11th of March. As I say, uh, that's less than three weeks away. Western Australia is divided into 59 legislative assembly districts and six legislative council regions. And during an election, uh, one candidate is elected for each legislative assembly district and six candidates are elected for each legislative council region. Well, we're going to try and make sense of what's happening in WA, a preview as to what's ahead and a lineup of commentators uh, who bring uh, different and unique perspectives on some things that will be good to understand about WA as we lead up to a state election. A special guest who's going to be with us through the whole hour as we introduce other uh, visiting uh, commentators into the conversation, Daryl Budge is joining us. Now, he is the Family Voice Australia Acting WA State Director. Uh, He's going to be our primary guest through the hour and uh, hopefully make sense of these things that are going on and from a Christian and biblical perspective. So a special welcome along to you, Daryl Budge. Hi, Neil. Great to be with you and your listeners. Well, Daryl, you've been uh, right in the middle of it all and focusing on uh, all of the issues that are going on in WA. One of those special, uh, unique things uh, that is uh, really a part of the heart of Uh, Family Voice Australia, is the idea of doing surveys. Now, this has been going on seriously for decades, Uh, not only in federal politics, but every time there's a state election on, Family Voice Australia is surveying the parties and the individual candidates to see where they stand on a host of different uh, issues that will be faced in an election. Uh, just uh, reflect for us for a few moments on, on some of the history of Family Voice Australia and these surveys that you've been conducting. Right. Um, we've been around since 1973 as a national Christian ministry. We want to see our politicians and our country uphold marriage, human life, uh, families flourishing and fundamental freedoms. And one of the reasons why we put out this survey is so that uh, parties would respond and particularly candidates individually would respond because often we find uh, in the party policy platforms they are reluctant to state their moral and ethical uh, policies. So we want to survey candidates and find out what they truly think and uh, believe. And we get some good responses, particularly from the Liberals and from the Family First and Australian Christians parties. But we often find a struggle with the other parties. Um, so that's been a bit of our history. We've been doing it for several decades. Um, so we. We've only just put out the survey. We've had troubles with our website, so we're hoping that we'll get some responses very shortly. Uh, we'll, we'll, we won't be able to report on the responses to the survey today, but we will be doing that in the weeks ahead, in the lead-up to the election. But what we can talk about today is the questions that you have been asking 
the parties and the candidates and asking those questions. And I know that there'll be listeners interested uh, in saying, well, uh, well, who does respond to these surveys? Because if you're coming with a Christian foundation to the sorts of questions that you would put to political parties and to individual candidates, uh, when someone decides not to answer the survey or indeed answers the survey and doesn't give you a response uh, in line with a sound a biblical foundation, then uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a warning light that, uh, that flashes. Uh, is this the, the whole intention of these surveys, Daryl, that, that yep. it actually gives people an opportunity to actually see a little bit deeper into their candidate, a little bit deeper into the party that they might vote for to see where they stand on these principles? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, well, we often find that some parties will just reply to unsure. For example, uh, the Nationals in our last survey in 2013 simply replied unsure to every ten or every one of the ten questions, which was an interesting response. Um, we found that Family First and Australian Christians scored very highly uh, last last time in 2013. Um, we got very favourable responses from all of those. Um, but we found that uh, some of the candidates uh, just simply refused to respond. We've already had. One response this morning, I'll just scroll up to where I got that. Uh, one candidate responded, well, it's unfortunate that you can state your position on these 10 issues, but we're unable to detail our responses on these. Um, and another one says, she said, I, I simply refuse to respond. I, I don't want to respond to organisations such as yours. And that's actually worrying because the sorts of things that you survey, and we'll run through the list in just a moment, but the sorts of things that you are surveying the political parties on and the individual candidates, these are fairly standard uh, sorts of foundations that would be a part of ordinary thinking from a traditional Australia and uh, into a conservative understanding mindset, uh, but based in a biblical foundation, and not not weird and way out stuff. Uh, right. But what do we what if we go through some of the some of the things that you're actually surveying? Uh, just uh, run through for us the sorts of things that you're asking the parties and the candidates to respond to. So we've got an idea uh, where where we think those political parties might be coming from. Right. Uh, so our uh, first question is in prayers in Parliament, uh, reflecting the fact that up to 60% of WA residents uh, identified with Christianity, according to the 2011 census. And we found that last time the Liberals, Family First and Australian Christians responded definitely to that. The Greens wanted a minute of silence. Uh, Labor had no plans to remove prayers from the opening of Parliament. Um, we had another question on euthanasia. And uh, Family First and Australian Christians very much were opposed to that. Liberals had no plans to introduce legislation and labels it a matter of individual conscience. Labor put it as a conscience uh, vote. Uh, but uh, this year, Mark McGowan uh, promises to bring in legislation from himself or a Labor colleague on uh, a death with dignity bill, and he's promising that in the second half of 2017. On abortion, uh, we found that... Uh, uh, here we go. We're going to put it out. Labor put it down as a conscience vote as well as the Liberals did. Family First said definitely. Australian Christians also definitely oppose abortion. Australian Christians called it a human tragedy that half of the young families have abortion. Liberals uh, defined it, said that termination of pregnancy is a legal right. We will continue to fund access. 
access to abortion. And, and interesting, as we work our, work our way through this list, and there's plenty more to go, uh, you're talking about prayers in Parliament, uh, you're talking about the euthanasia issue, uh, you're talking about the abortion issue. Uh, we know that uh, from a Christian foundation, we recognise that there is dignity to life because people are created in the image and likeness of God. So that's where the Christian uh, ideal comes from when you make a survey on those questions. Uh, yeah. But I know that listeners will be saying, well, I'm a bit worried about the responses that I'm hearing of of." typically the way the parties stand on this. Let's go through some of these other issues that you're surveying. Uh, outdoor advertising? Yes, this is a new question, which was in the federal survey last time, and I don't have access to those federal responses right this second. But the, another one was on alcohol and other drugs. Uh, we uh, wanted to see parties to step away from a harm minimisation policy that basically enables the, uh, the use of drugs in society. In fact, the Greens are promising they're going to increase uh, the amount of personal use of drugs in their policies. Uh, last time in 2013, the Liberal Centre and Australian Christians uh, definitely opposed changing the drug laws to make them more uh, liberal, in a sense. Uh, Labor promised simply more police and more, and more support to relevant agencies. The Greens opposed any um, increasing of drug penalties and the Nationals were unsure. And as we continue to move through the list, there's a few more. Yep, let's go through that list. Uh, prostitution yeah. law reform. Prostitution law. Uh, Family First Australian Christians uh, definitely support uh, keeping prostitution law strong. Um, in fact, uh, both of them said they would like to see uh, a Nordic model uh, implemented, and I, I believe both of them strongly support that. This is the idea of penalising those who purchase uh, sex work. Uh, Labor, Liberal and Greens support the decriminalisation of it and, and that's kind of what, what's happened in WA. It's not decriminalised across the whole state. There are some regions here in, in, in Perth that are, it's, uh, it's legal to actually do it. Uh, on the Nordic model, the Greens actually said and they quoted anecdotal evidence to suggest that sex work has been driven further underground in Sweden which is where the Nordic model uh, is derived from. And it's interesting that uh, listeners to this program will be quite familiar with some of the Christian responses on these types of issues. And so when it comes to seeing the outcomes of your survey, there'll be a, a clear response as to uh, what is Christian thinking? What is a biblical attitude to some of these issues? And it certainly would show just how far removed some of the political parties may be from that Christian understanding of what is good and righteous. Uh, there's another couple of things on your survey. Uh, you're also serving about the safe schools gender ideology. What's, uh, what's on your survey question? Yes, so will you vote to ensure no state funding of safe schools and require all government schools to consult with parents prior to introducing any elements of safe, safe schools? Um, we've yet to get any responses on this question. This is kind of a new question here in WA as well. Uh, but in terms of an indication of this, uh, we asked last time about same-sex marriage. This is a federal issue. It's not actually a state issue, but it's interesting regarding their actual stance on these things. 2013 support, of course, um, to vote against legalising same-sex marriage in WA, Family First and Australian Christians. Liberals just reaffirmed that this is a federal matter under the Commonwealth Constitution. Labor actually gave a support to a conscience vote, and they referred to the ALP National Conference decision in uh, 2012. 
in the last survey. And it's interesting that now the Labor has promised that it's now a national platform, and I presume that also means an individual state platform, that same-sex marriage is no longer a conscience vote in in the Labor Party. Okay. Well, uh, there are a lot of issues that are on your survey, and I must say there is a sophisticated way that you've got of grading uh, not only the political parties but the candidates, and uh, each one, by the time the election rolls around, will have a score, and people who go onto your website and they look at those surveys and responses will be able to see what score Family Voice Australia has given to the parties and the candidates in WA. And so it'll be a worthwhile thing for uh, listeners, especially in WA, who'll be in voting in the, uh, in the upcoming election, to be able to uh, go to the Family Voice Australia website and be able to see uh, how their preferred uh, party or candidate actually measures up when it comes to the stance on those social and moral issues. Now, of course... In an election campaign, it's not just social and moral issues, but also economic issues that are also under question. And uh, we're going to be talking some more about those as we continue our conversation. In just a few moments, we're going to be joined by Peter Abetz, the Liberal member for Southern River in WA. And we'll talk through some of the issues there. Uh, He's a conservative with views on economic and social issues. Daryl Budge is staying with us. He's the Family Voice Australia acting WA director. We'll back with more in just a few moments. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Certainly good to have you along with us today. A preview and some level of conservative Christian commentary on the unfolding West Australian state election that's going to be upon us within three weeks. It is a changing political climate. So good to get insights from people who are able to make uh, some uh, very sound judgments about things that are going on in WA. Daryl Budge, the Family Voice Australia Acting WA Director, is with us. We've been talking about a survey that is going to be, or that has been, sent to uh, political parties and to individual candidates. And uh, there are going to be, over the coming weeks, people who will respond to that survey. They'll be rated according to how they respond. So when it comes to the social and moral issues that Christians are often interested as to the character of the parties and the candidates who are standing for election, where they stand on those, becomes very, very important. There are also uh, other issues, of course, at play in a state election, and those will include a whole lot of different uh, economic issues. So I want to welcome to the program Peter Abetz, who's the Liberal member for Southern River. Uh, Hello, uh, Peter. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. Good to be with you, and good morning or afternoon to your listeners. And uh, Daryl is with us as well. Uh, Peter, you're already uh, a sitting member and a safe seat there in Southern River. Uh, your perceptions are three weeks out from the election as to how your party, the Liberals, are travelling, because uh, for the last 12 months at least, uh, you've been trailing in the polls, but there's been a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a closening of the polls that have come over this past week. Yes, uh, I think the uh, there's always a challenge of beca- uh, when you run for the third term in Australian politics for some reason. Uh, people, um, when people say to me, "Oh, you know, I, I don't like Colin Barnett," uh, one of the interesting, who's the current premier, uh, I often say to them, "Well, tell me which decision that he's made you feel uncomfortable with," and 90% of people 
cannot name a single decision they're uncomfortable with. And that's, that, that creates a really interesting dilemma in terms of yeah, how do you deal with that in politics? Now, there are a lot of uh, social and moral issues we've been talking about. We started our conversation talking about that because as the national Christian broadcaster, we're very interested in the character of the parties, the character of the candidates, uh, and in fact, the character of the uh, premier and, of course, the leader of the opposition as well. Uh, But when it comes to character issues, I know you are intensely interested in these things, too. And as a liberal member, how do you how do you see the the character issues unfolding uh, and according to both sides of of politics? Look, in terms of, um, I guess, the values that uh, the different sides uh, or different political parties espouse, I think, is the thing we need to look at. And one of the things that motivated me to actually get involved in politics because um, I I never dreamt of becoming a member of parliament. Uh, I was serving as a pastor for 25 years before I entered parliament and the only reason I actually ran for parliament was my concern at the undermining of our traditional Judeo-Christian values and um, the thing that concerns me is that uh, the traditional um, sort of conservative labour people uh, they are really not represented very much at all in the Labor Party anymore. And so the Liberal parties tended to become the party where most conservative people are finding a home. And, uh, I mean, for me, that's quite helpful, obviously, as a Liberal member of Parliament. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's becoming more polarised. Like just a typical example would be uh, the Safe Schools program, where... We as Liberals say we're not funding that. Uh, that's you know, We don't think it's an appropriate uh, program. Whereas the uh, state uh, Labor government, or so Labor opposition, I should say, um, say that if they're going to come into government, they'll fund that to the tune of $1.4 million in Western Australia over four years and encourage that program to go into all of our high schools. Um, and those of your listeners who know something about the Safe Schools program will know that it's based on the totally unscientific uh, notion that gender is fluid and the boys and girls can decide whether they want to be a boy or a girl and all that kind of thing, which most parents, if they knew about it, would be absolutely horrified. Um, and uh, and yet that's something that the Labor um, opposition says they will fund if they come into government. So there's some real differences there in terms of the way that we view the world. Peter, are you saying that the Liberals will remain resistant to that Safe Schools program? Is that policy for the Liberal and National Government in WA? Hey, look, the, the federal, at the federal level, um, the uh, Safe Schools program, as soon as uh, uh, Tony Abbott actually became Prime Minister, they informed the Safe Schools people that the funding would cease uh, after the four-year contract that the previous uh, Rudd-Gillard Labor government had put in place. So they knew that was going to run out. So the, the federal Liberals are definitely not funding it any further. And uh, we as uh, state Liberals are definitely not funding it either. Uh, Let me ask you, Peter, about what for a lot of people is the elephant in the room, and that is the uh, resurgence of One Nation and uh, Pauline Hanson. And uh, there have been a lot of uh, campaign 
uh, time spent uh, for uh, for One Nation in WA. Uh, how are you feeling about the possible likelihood of uh, of losing a lot of ground to uh, to One Nation, or is that how do you how do you see that? Look, uh, because our state electorates, there's only one person that's elected from each electorate, so the uh, the One Nation people will not have. Uh, I can't see them winning any uh, lower house seats, um, even if they get you know ten, twenty percent of of the primary vote. That will then flow onto uh, their preferences. Um, but in the upper house, they certainly do have an ch- opportunity because in our upper house, uh, there are six people elected from each region, and so if they can uh, muster say twenty percent of the primary vote there, they would certainly have a person in the uh, in that region uh, representing them in the upper house. Okay, let me just bring uh, Daryl Budge back into our conversation. Daryl, uh, has there been any uh, thoughts or uh, any uh, results, uh, feedback that's come through Family Voice Australia about uh, what sort of uh, uh, an impact One Nation might have in the upcoming election? Uh, from my understanding, it's it's more of a, a typical preference deals that happen between parties. Uh, with regards to the Liberals, basically want to see themselves re-elected. They've, they've made a, a preference deal with One Nation. And in some seats, this has just resulted in One Nation being preferenced one step higher than Labor, as opposed to uh, federally was the arrangement that both Labor and Liberals would put One Nation last on the ticket. So it, it's simply been a matter of the numbers. Uh, the numbers have been something around that One Nation might get about 10% of the vote. Um, so we'll see how, how it pans out on March 11, one way or the other. Peter Rebetz, it's been a little on the nose, and I'm sure you've probably received some level of negative feedback from the deal there with preferences. Uh, how have you felt about the, the preference deal with One Nation? Look, I think the, the way the media have um, uh, uh, presented it is actually a little misleading. Daryl actually made a, the very good point that we the Liberals have actually put One Nation just above uh, Labor and the Greens. So, like, for example, in the South Metropolitan region, which my electorate falls within, um, the, uh, the, the Liberal um, uh, vote... The One Nation actually gets, I think it's number 14. It's once you get the 14th uh, person on the ballot paper in our, in our suggested order of voting, it's One Nation is 14th. So it really is uh, very unlikely that there are any significant votes actually going to flow uh, uh, from Liberals to One Nation, but uh, there certainly would be a flow of votes from one nation to Liberals. So in, from my perspective, I see this actually the Liberals benefiting from that much more than, than one nation. But in my own seat of Southern River, uh, there actually is not a one nation candidate. Okay, just very quickly, uh, not long out from the news, uh, a couple of issues, uh, GST, and uh, I know that the West Australian Premier Colin Barnett's been calling on the federal government to pick a figure for a floor on the GST, and they're talking about 70 cents because WA loses a lot of revenue in GST because there isn't a floor at that point. Is this one of the issues that you've been working through? Look, I believe it's the biggest issue facing Western Australia. Uh, you know, 
on average, uh, each West Australian contributes uh, just under $2,500 in GST, but we only get $760 of that flowing back into our state coffers. So basically, we get about uh, uh, $2 billion out of the $7 billion that we collect. So we actually are shortchanged $5 billion a year. And people say, oh, but you've got your mining royalties. Um, that's all well and good. But basically, for every dollar of royalty income that we get in Western Australia, we're losing $0.90 cents of GST. And when you've had... Uh, roughly 450,000 people move into Western Australia since 2008. Now, you've got to build, we build an extra, I think, 45 schools to accommodate the children. We needed over 200 extra hospital beds, uh, an extra 1,050 police officers, um, so many thousand extra teachers and so on, and all the infrastructure that you need to accommodate basically the whole population of Tasmania equivalent moving to WA, it, you realise that it's just simply not possible to provide all that infrastructure uh, when you don't get a reasonable share of the GST. In fact, had we got 70 cents in the dollar of GST, we would actually not have had to borrow any money for all the capital works that we've done. And I think given that GST is supposed to be the state's tax, the fact that we are down to 30 cents in the dollar of what we're getting back, it's just simply, uh, it's just simply becoming impossible. Peter, I need to cut in because we're about to go to news. I want to thank you so much for your input today here on 2020 and no doubt we'll have an opportunity to talk to you again before the election. The Liberal member for Southern River, Peter Abetz, we're continuing our preview with uh, Daryl Budge and uh, we'll be joined with the, uh, the WA State Director for uh, the Australian Christian Lobby after the news. Thanks so much, Peter, for joining us. Good to be with you. Uh, it's an important conversation to have to preview the WA state election. Daryl Budge from Family Voice Australia, who's the acting WA director, is remaining with us and we'll talk through some uh, other issues uh, to do with the survey that's coming up uh, with the Family Voice Australia. Uh, we're also going to be joined over this next segment by Dahlia Messia, who is the West Australian state director for the Australian Christian Lobby. And so well, let's welcome Dahlia. Hello, Dahlia. Welcome along. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, Dahlia, uh, you already know Daryl Budge, I think. Yes, very well. Okay. Hi, Daryl. How are you? Hi. Good, thanks. Uh, Dahlia, wanted to spend some time in this segment uh, talking about a major event that's happening in Perth tomorrow night, and that's the Make It Count event. Uh, can you give us a, a bit of a preview as to what's likely there with the Premier and the Leader of the Opposition tomorrow night? Sure, yes, we're very excited. Um, we're going to have the Premier Colin Barnett and Opposition Leader Mark McGowan sort of agreed to um, come and speak to the Christian constituents. Um, so it's a very important opportunity for Christians around the state um, to gather and just hear what the true leaders um, of the state have to say. We're also excited because we've got a very diverse range of questions asked by the right people. So 
this event will showcase um, very different issues that are quite close to the, heavy on the Christian heart as well. And this is it, isn't it? The Make It Count event is a Christian opportunity uh, for not only Christian leaders, but for ordinary believers who might find themselves in their church pew on a Sunday, uh, maybe not just warming the pew, but actually going to an event like this because they recognise it's just so significant to be able to pose the right questions to the right people. And in this case, the leaders, the Premier and the leader of the opposition. Uh, Daly, was this difficult setting it up? Uh, Were the leaders quite open to actually coming to a Christian event like this? Um, I think they were, from the beginning, they were open and um, quite encouraged to come along, um, given that they knew how important it was to the Christian community. I think um, the trouble was just finding a day that suited the schedules of um, both of the leaders, because as we can all understand, everyone's very busy leading up to the election. Um, so it's really just um, by the grace of God that we're able to find a date that works for both of them, and um, we're very um, blessed to be able to have it at Kingdom City Church as well. I'm very grateful for the team over there. Um, they've really opened up the church to us, so we can really feel God's hand um, working in the organisation to be able to make this event a great success, which we're hoping um, and praying that it will be tomorrow night. Uh, now, Dahlia, is there a balance between the social, uh, moral agenda uh, that will be have questions asked of these leaders, uh, and is there a balance there with some of the economic issues that WA is facing at the same time? What sort of balance do you t- try to have uh, with yeah. a Make It Count event? Um, very good question. I think um, we obviously know the issues that are um, that are important to the Christian community, like abortion and euthanasia and safe schools. Um, we're also trying to. Um, just have a different flavour. So we're asking questions to do more with social justice, like homelessness and Indigenous issues. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned before, we've got different people asking different questions, which will be, which they'll be able to add their own personal um, flavour to as well. So we try to keep it very balanced um, and we certainly want to keep it as neutral as possible. So we create the same opportunities for the Premier and Opposition Leader to ask these questions. Sorry to answer the question. Uh, Daryl Budge from Family Voice Australia, the acting WA director, while there'll be probably this sort of leaning towards uh, the sorts of uh, social and moral issues that uh, are very important to Christians, uh, when it comes to some of the other issues that are on the table, I know that we talked about GST in our last segment, uh, but land tax has been another big one that uh, that WA uh, residents have been dealing with. Yes, that's right. As the GST share has fallen, as some some residents have been concerned about this, that um, people who hold land between three hundred thousand and one million dollars, uh, they currently only contribute three percent of land tax revenue. So the Liberal government has decided to increase that. Some of them are quite unhappy with that. So you might see a few residents uh, questioning them about that. Plus, this whole road hire extension, which has become a very environmental issue, that it's been some protests. People up on, on training, tra- chaining themselves up on the top of a tree, protesting this, as well as the sale of Western Power, the partial sale of 51% of that, and that's been promised to uh, repay all of the debt that the government owes um, on on Western Western Power, and to fund new infrastructure. And so these these three things, these uh, kind of revenue things and expenditure things, uh, may feature strongly as well.
Uh, Dahlia Messia, the WA State Director for Australian Christian Lobby, how is your overall feeling about how the election campaigns are running at the present time? Uh, are you are you in a position to say, I think that the polls are really tightening, just the way I mean, the, the polls uh, were showing that, but uh, does it feel like that? What's your, what's your uh, innate yeah. feeling about how things are beginning to unfold for the election? Yeah, um, I think it certainly does, on the grassroots level, does feel like it's very tight. Um, it's been very hard to determine or ascertain uh, which way it's going to go. Um, the polls, yeah, keep, like we can see that they've tightened from six months ago when, um, you know, everyone was starting to follow the, the campaign. Um, so I think the end result will be very tight. And I think um, as Christians, we just um, need to keep praying and be mindful of, um, you know, what, who we should be voting for on March the 11th. Uh, Dahlia, there's a lot of minor parties or micro-parties who are going to be standing for election, and we often will get the focus, and rightly so, on the major parties. Uh, But when it comes to the Christian parties, and we're going to be talking to Australian Christians in just a short while, but but your thoughts on on Christian parties and whether they're actually uh, getting some sort of uh, ground? Are they are they making any ground when it comes to uh, to to the way that they're perceived in the electorate? What are your thoughts? Uh, excuse me. Um, I think so, definitely. I think it's very important um, to have these parties because they represent a huge um, population, and I think it's important um, that Christians do support the Christian parties. Um, and I think it just gives. It adds a bit of influence, so when at the end, I mean, they m- might not necessarily get um, that candidate into the into the house, but I think when you're looking at the votes and you can see that the Christian Australian Christians received, you know, X percent of the votes, I think that does carry some weight as well. Okay, let's come back to the Make It Count event that's on tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, the Premier Colin Barnett is going to be there. The opposition leader Mark McGowan is going to be there. Uh, they're going to be posed questions and uh, they will have a leaning towards some of these social and moral issues. The details for the event, how do people turn out uh, to see this event? It's on tomorrow night in Perth. Uh, give us the yeah. details. Yep, so it's starting at 6.30pm at Kingdom City Church up in Wangara, um, and registrations are essential. It's free, but you do need to register, and you can register at acl.org.au forward slash MIC2017. Um, I would also point out that we are live streaming it to Mount, um, Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in Burragoon, um, as well as regional areas across the state, so Broome, Albany, Kalgoorlie, and Mandurah. So if you're listening from regional WA, you can um, head over to one of those sites and all the information is available on the website. Okay. Kingdom City Church, you can register to be at that event at the ACL website. The ACL, that stands for Australian Christian Lobby, and there are a number of locations that will be live streaming that Make It Count event. Uh, Dahlia, just great getting your insights, and uh, I know that there'll be a lot of listeners, and especially our listeners in WA, who will be wanting to turn out and be there in person to see the Premier and the Leader of the Opposition uh, answer those questions. And I imagine, and uh, just be before I let you go, Dahlia, yes. it's one thing to have a, 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 a understanding of what words are being used when leaders respond to these questions, but body language is also important. I imagine being there face-to-face and seeing the leaders respond to these questions is an important thing. Definitely, and um, I think we're all looking forward 
um, to just, yeah, hearing what they have to say and um, just seeing their reactions as well. So <laughs> it should be a great night. So hopefully we can um, get a great crowd to support them. Okay, Dahlia Masia, WA State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. I'll have to let you go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be uh, continuing our conversation in just a few moments, just reinforcing Kingdom City Church, and you can register for that uh, ACL uh, Make It Count event. It is on tomorrow night at Kingdom City Church in Perth. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. We're previewing the upcoming WA state election in a climate where politics is changing in Australia. And so all eyes will be on the WA state election and some of the developments that will happen there. Our guest this hour, Daryl Budge from Family Voice Australia. He's the acting WA director. We are looking to also get a hold of Australian Christians in just a short while to, for some perspectives from them. We're just having a little trouble getting a hold of uh, their state director. Uh, but Daryl, as we think of the uh, Make It Count event that's going to be on in Perth tomorrow night, uh, there is something of a, a, a real groundswell that's happening when people are taking notice of events like this. Uh, you've been following along an, an article in The Australian. That's correct. Uh, the, the Australian just published a report today about an LGBTI activist that has, is a Uni of New South Wales uh, uh, academic and he's decided on social media to incite his social media followers to send through some RSVPs to an ACL event hosted by Lyle Shirton at a Seventh-day Adventist church in Melbourne. And they've sent 54,000 fake Grading uh, false names into the RSCP uh, machine. And so the ACL staff have had to wade through this and also they've had to hire three security guards at this event on Saturday. So this is the kind of environment we're operating in as Christians. We're finding that the LGBTI uh, activists are trying to shut down free speech and free debate. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we'll see at the meeting tomorrow night. I'm sure we won't have any problems, but we may do and we'll want to to uphold ACL in prayer as they also suffered that uh, bomb or explosion at the ACL offices last year. We're still awaiting for a police response to that as well. That's uh, It's crazy that there hasn't been a whole lot of detail that's been released about that. But let's not get off a track here. Uh, but when it comes to the threats, the idea of shutting down the Christian voice when it comes to these things and from activists who perhaps feel as though they have the major parties in their pocket, perhaps feel that things are going their way. And you talk about LGBTI activists. Uh, the, the way that seems to, 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 to continue uh, really ought to be a, a warning light for, for Christian believers not to sit too still but to actually speak up and, and actually uh, you know, make, make known the Christian voice on these issues. Mm-hmm. We need to speak with love and with compassion and with uh, absolute confidence that it's the best and most ideal thing for our whole society is that freedom of speech and freedom of conscience and freedom of religion are all Christian principles, they're all foundations. Of, of, of this, the disconnection of church and state is something that actually derives from a biblical understanding. And it's actually keeping uh, religious practice or religious uh, enforcement out of the state machine. And that's kind of the, the origins of these things. And so activists are scared of that kind of influence, but in a sense, they're 
pushing their own religious principles of this is the way you should behave, this is what you should believe, and in a sense going beyond mere, you're, you're not free to even think this way, you're not free to practice this way in your own business, for example. Well, we've seen results of that throughout this world uh, in the past six months, a year. We've just had a, a Christian florist in the USA that's been taken to court and um, confined by a, 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 a gay uh, customer who was uh, a customer of this particular florist for the last 10 years. And when he decided to purchase some flowers, um, this uh, gay activist um, was refused because it was for a wedding. It was for a celebration of a of a, a, a gay wedding. So the, the, gay flor- uh, the, the Christian florist decided to decline him and said, I'll support you in anything else you want to do, but I cannot serve you in this way. And Daryl, let me just draw a bit of a correlation here. As you're talking about uh, really uh, strong-arm, standover tactics, trying to shut down debate, uh, almost to the point of, well, I think some would describe it as, it's threatening to politicians, uh, to people in the media, to Christian leaders uh, not to speak up. When it comes to your Family Voice survey, uh, I imagine that there would be some level of intimidation, strong-arm tactics happening from some of these uh, alternate lobby outfits uh, trying to stop people from actually giving a, a fair response to the survey. Have you noticed that in, in past times, or is that something that you might have noticed in the current survey? Yeah, well, the current survey, we haven't got responses yet, but in past surveys we've found that candidates are very reluctant to say anything other than what their party platform has said. Um, even when their party platform doesn't specify anything. So if the party platform doesn't say anything, they won't say anything. Um, They're very reluctant to it, unless they do happen to be a Christian or conservative who's voted strongly in those things. We we do also, as as an organisation, track how politicians do vote in the past, and we find, interestingly, that um, we've we've counted about 10 pro-family Liberal MPs in the lower house, and but about four that have voted for um, less family-friendly uh, approaches. And there's about four a pro in the uh, Labor side, in the lower house, and about six who are against the policies that we would hold dear. Um, so in Elma Nationals as well, there's one who is pro uh, according to what we would believe and, and two that are anti. So we find interestingly that... that the voting record is also important to track, and that's where we can speak directly and say, apart from what their personal opinion has said, this is what their voting record has said. So if people want more information about that, they can contact me. Yep. Uh, Daryl, by the time the election rolls around, uh, you'll have finalised the results from the survey, and uh, there is a plan afoot. Uh, for uh, me to come to WA and to actually be in Perth on the day before the election and we'll uh, plan to be broadcasting live in Perth uh, on that day and uh, and I would hope that we'll be able to uh, spend some time in a segment perhaps uh, outlining some of the details uh, the finalised voting uh, 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 patterns, the responses to the survey that have come from not only the parties but also individual candidates. So I'd look forward to that. And things will continue to roll in over these uh, coming weeks. Uh, I imagine that, uh, that those who are least likely to want to respond in a positive way, uh, according to your survey, will probably put it off right until the last minute and then perhaps even not respond at all. Uh, but those ones, they're actually doing themselves a disservice. Uh, they're doing their own reputation a poor service by not responding quickly. 
Correct, correct. And then, as I said before, about 60% of Australians identify with a Christian faith of some kind. So it would be important for them to appeal to those who... And we can obviously publicise these results. And one of the other important things to know is that postal votes started on Monday. So we'll see a lot of postal votes come in. And we found that in the last election about 20 or 30% of the vote was postal. So that's going to be an important component. So we're hoping that, uh, that Christians and conservatives out there will do their research carefully before they vote, uh, look at what the candidate has said very carefully, and uh, they'll um, consider um, you know, importantly how important it is to know what their candidate will do and has done. Okay, we were hoping to have the State Director of Australian Christians. It looks as though we're not able to get a hold of Marika Granvold. Uh, we were going to talk about uh, Christian minor parties and chances of influencing the election. Uh, but your thoughts, Daryl, on uh, the Australian Christians, it's probably uh, the primary Christian party that is standing candidates uh, for the upper house there in WA. Uh, do, do you think they have uh, opportunity or is there a possibility that they might be able to get up uh, with a seat in the upper house? It, it is possible. They had last election, they had somebody who came within a couple of hundred votes of being elected, and it was certainly narrowly divided. I can quickly go through. Uh, Daryl, just let me let me hold you up there for a moment because I, we've got Marika. I'll just uh, introduce her into Marika. Uh, uh, sorry, we haven't been able to get a hold of you these, these last few minutes, but thanks so much for being available. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. Uh, Marika, we only really have a couple of minutes to talk. How are you feeling about the opportunities, the chances of Australian Christians uh, winning a seat and primarily you're looking to the upper house? Yes, we are. I guess for us this has been a really interesting election in that there have been so many issues uh, that we've seen in WA that are quite close to a lot of people's hearts. I think it's never been more important for for us as a party to kind of gain some ground and sort of say, look, unashamedly, these are the things we stand for. These are the things we can't compromise on. Um, and so for us, we've kind of gone into this campaign and gone, you know what, God, we're just going to be bold as lions and see what happens. So we've really kind of tackled as a minor party, tackled this election sort of head on um, and just, yeah, pretty much fielding candidates as far and wide as we possibly can just to give people that opportunity to actually vote for a Christian voice. And having the alternative there is an important uh, alternative to have because uh, many people looking for an alternative, and as we've seen, uh, will be looking towards One Nation. But as a Christian believer, uh, yes. you can have a level of confidence voting for a, a party like Australian Christians because of the uh, social, moral stances that you take in so many of these issues. Uh, what would your encouragement be, Marika, for Christians listening to our conversation now to, to take a chance on a Christian party like Australian Christians? Oh, look, I think for us, we've always been very realistic as to what our sphere of influence is in a community. And for me, often people go, oh, there's no point voting for a minor party. Uh, you know, you'll never get in. And, you know, my response always to that is, well, in some instances that might be true. But as Daryl mentioned earlier, you know, it's not so much always getting someone in, even though that's the end goal. It's about the kind of voices that we keep out and it's about the kind of balance that we bring to the discussion. So every single vote in the upper house for us, I guess, is essentially sending a message to MPs and, and members of parliament in their local electorates to go, look, 
we can't keep ignoring uh, what what the important issues are for people in my electorate. And if that means us being able to keep out a Greens voice or something that is so radically different to, you know, Christian Judeo values, well, for us, that's, that's another part of the battle won. So never underestimate your vote for a minor party. It might not always mean that they get in, but it definitely means that there's a balance to the discussion. There's an opportunity there to keep some of the, the baddies out. And for us, that's an incredible, incredible thing to be able to do. Well, Marika Granvold from Australian Christians, uh, State Director, we have run out of time. Marika, thanks so much for taking time to be a part of 2020 today. We'll no doubt get an opportunity to talk some more in the lead up to the election. Absolutely. And also uh, to Daryl Budge, who's Family Voice Australia Acting WA Director. Daryl, thank you for making your time available and, uh, and uh, letting us in on those insights today. Uh, to both of you, thanks so much for joining us. We we do have to go in just a moment. Focus on the family. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.